world. Are you guys back? I'm so happy about that. So glad you are here for another episode of Church Talks. So in today's episode, we've got a friend of mine. His name is Jordy Hadley. And uh, known him for about five years or so. I've gotten to see a pretty cool transformation in his life. I have not seen the full extent of it by any means, but he talks more in depth with that in this episode. And if you guys could see him in person, you would think this dude could just tear apart somebody with his bare hands. <laughs> but as he says, like he is known where he works, which is the addiction recovery center that he actually went through himself and he works there. It's called Teen Challenge in Greensboro. And he's just a gentle giant. He has a heart of gold, pure, genuine. I love him to death, love him to life, actually. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear his story. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. Enjoy this episode. up everybody thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of church talks i have one of my friends here jordy hadley and i'm gonna let him introduce himself and then we'll get into some more uh, about his story well like Catherine said my name is jordy hadley i'm 34 years old i'm a staff member of two years at greater piedmont adult and teen challenge i'm a graduate of the program um I spent nearly 10 years in opiate addiction, but some other emotional pains from my childhood is what started my addiction. Um, I, I came here in 2013 to get help and and left for several years after graduation, and then some some bad choices led me back in 2019, and I chose to stay. And uh, here, we, here we are. Yeah. Well, I know that I have known you, I guess, since you were in the program. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was saying earlier, I actually put on my Facebook story when I was on my way here, that mm-hmm. March will be five years that I've been coming. So I've seen a lot come and go and um, sometimes come again. Right. <laughs> like, you know, they, they graduate, they go back home, they get into some of the similar environments that mm-hmm. got them in trouble. And, you know, they weren't strong enough or you know whatever it is they didn't have a support system and so they do end up coming back so it's very encouraging when I see people like you and some of the other staff here that you I mean I don't know your whole life maybe you are human and you make mistakes still I'm perfect I don't know about anybody else (laughs) but maybe you're human no uh you know we all we all still like we mess up sometimes but what I love about Teen Challenge and being here is that like this is such a, a safe space where we can admit like, yeah, I need help. Mm-hmm. I need Jesus. I need accountability. I need support. And knowing that you can empathize with the guys that are in the program, I guarantee you they listen to you more uh, than say a pastor that has just been in church his whole life, went to seminary, you know, mm-hmm. got a, a degree in theology, whatever it is, but had no experience in you know, just addiction or mm-hmm. being in a place where, um, like you said, like it was it was stuff that you were dealing with from childhood that mm-hmm. my my assumption is, at least for me, it's that you want to escape from pain. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a numbing. 
And I have a lot of empathy for people like that. And I definitely don't ever want to like beat somebody over the head if they keep messing up over and over. Like I want to love them more. And I want to like, I want to ask you. So I know that with, with teen challenge, it's a voluntary check-in process. Like Mm -hmm. there's no intervention. Y'all don't go and bust down people's doors to get them in here. Um, You have to willingly want to. So what was it that like just hit so like deep in your own life that you were like, I've got to do something. I can't, I can't keep going like this by myself. Well, in 2013, um, the original time that I come in here, um, I had a issue with like distancing myself from the ones that I love the most in my addiction. And my mom was one of those. She lives in Charlotte now around the Lake Norman area. And she come in to visit her sister, which is my aunt who lives here in Greensboro. And I, I came over to see her. And she just looked at me one day, and I hadn't seen her in a while. And she said, Jordy, aren't you just sick and tired of all this? And I said, you know, to an extent that I, I am, Mom, yeah, to an extent. And she said, well, why don't we see about getting you some help? And I said, okay. And I, it, it got me emotional, and I started crying. And um, a couple, about a week later, I met with a pastor friend of ours who pastored a my grandmother's church down near Siler City. And I can remember meeting him at Starbucks and we talked for a while and I told him, I said, Patrick, I want to try and do it myself, by myself, you yeah. know, and we both know how that goes. Right. So, and, and I can remember leaving there and going going straight to the dope man's house from that, <laughs> that, that conversation. Point, from that conversation straight to the drug house. Same. And uh, um, it went on for, for a few more months addiction wise and then I met him for a second time um and it was a couple a few short weeks later like two and a half weeks later I I came into the program August of 2013 and stayed and completed and left in in uh February of 14 and uh did great um I actually moved to Kentucky for a couple years um and upon in 2019 I, I put myself around a bad person I shouldn't have at work and uh, made a couple small compromises and that led to dabbling again for like two and a half, three months span and I got caught. I thought I could hide behind it and eventually everybody heard a rumor and called on and and confronted me with a drug test and you know obviously a drug test doesn't lie. So, yeah. I and I knew after that moment that coming back here would be a good first step in getting back on track. Yeah. So I came back in uh, June of 2019 for the three-month restoration period, got mm-hmm. out in September, and and chose, and really started praying. While I was in restoration, I started praying about, you know, what should I do when I leave here? But um, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to stay, you know. It's been, it's been almost 26 months yeah. on wow. staff. But That's who's awesome. counting, right? Somebody is. <laughs> Most people just do the years. You're doing yeah. the months. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You probably even know the days, too, but I won't ask you. Yeah. I won't quiz you on that. Uh, so you had a pretty good relationship with your mom? Uh, to, an, to an extent. Um, that's one of, the re- one of the emotional pains that I, I chose to, to numb with uh, 
painkillers was my mom's affair on my dad at the age of 13. I came home from school one one day and I heard a message on my dad's machine and it was a lady from uh, West Virginia trying to get in contact with my dad and she stated that she had just caught wind that her husband and my mom had been having an affair. And like it didn't truly sink in the first mm -hmm. time I, I listened to it, so I played it for a second time. And that's when it like hit me even harder because I realized mm -hmm. that it was real. So I sat there on the kitchen kitchen counter and I waited for my dad to get home. And he came home and I play, I play, I hit the play button. I said, what's this about? And he said, his response was, tell me something I didn't already know. And that made it even, even more surreal. And in that moment, I like I didn't instantly get into drugs or anything like that, but I like instantly became like bitter and resentful and yeah. angry, rebellious, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I didn't truly deal with my issues towards my mom and resentment and bitterness and all until I came here in in 2013, and I, I just wrote a letter, like a three-page letter, and aired it all out and just poured my heart out and told mm -hmm. her, you know, how I felt where I was at, this kind of, that, this and that. Yeah. And I didn't do it to hurt her, but it, it like mended our relationship. Wow. We're good, we're good to go now. Right. Love, yeah. That's awesome. Um, you know, with, there's all kinds of, of childhood pains and, you know, when you go to counseling or, you know, whatever, that's what they, like, that's what they bring up because there's so much that we suppress as kids because we're kids. We don't know how to deal with things and, you know, we were brought up in probably same same time frame. There was no social media like when we were growing up. MySpace was just a thing like, you know, we were getting into high school, but we didn't really have an outlet. I had a great relationship with my family too, um, and I'm sure, you know, you did as well like growing up, but still it's just like we don't know how to handle uh, things that hurt us and things that we don't understand right. so like you know we do we get we get resentful we get bitter and if we are not extra careful with you know extra accountability then it's very easy to get yeah. into something that can uh can end up consuming us yeah. and I'm so thankful that you knew where you could turn and even if it meant talking to a pastor and you know feeling like you had to I guess bump your head a little bit more before yeah. you know you did something else it's still commendable that you reached out for help. Mm -hmm. And so another question is, what what is something that somebody could have said or done, um, like said to you or done for you when you were in that confused, hurting, bitter stage, whatever it was, and that could have changed the trajectory of, of where you went? What, what could somebody have done to have changed that? I feel like... The boy, the first one that comes to mind would be like my mom just letting me know, like, look, just because I'm choosing to leave doesn't mean I don't love you and care about you, this kind of thing. That would have been huge because mm -hmm. I feel like the age of 13, which I was, like, yes, a vulnerable age. And, yeah. like, the enemy worked all those kind of windows in my mind, like, you weren't good enough for her to stay. She didn't love mm -hmm. you enough for for, yeah. for her to stay, that kind of thing. And just, like, a little reassurance, you know, from her. Mm -hmm. would have would have been nice you know while all that was still fresh and going on and yeah that would have been that would have been big yeah. the enemy knows all those windows to work to to mess with your head 
He, right. did, he did with mine for a long time when it come to that. Yeah. I, I'm sure you know that, I mean, you don't know who may be listening to this podcast. Like, I mean, there's been 1,500 listens, like, just in less than two years. And, that's, and I don't really do any promoting, so I don't know. At the end of the year, I found out that people in other countries had listened to podcast episodes. So when you're saying something, you're telling it to me, and you're telling it to who knows who. Mm-hmm. So the probability is very high that somebody's going to listen to this who has been in the shoes of 13-year-old Jordy, where you know they might not know what to do in the situation. And I know that your heart would be, if you could talk to that 13-year-old boy in that situation— you would want to give the assurance that that you didn't get from your Absolutely. mom, and um, you know I feel like that even even though the the people that you are working with here, it's kind of like you weren't able to catch them before they fell through the cracks, but the next best thing is to like catch them while they're <laughs> while they're down instead of kicking right. them while they're down, and so what is something that you would say to somebody right now? that is already in, uh, just in over their head with whatever it is, if it's if it's pain pills, if it's uh, any other addiction. And we have so many stereotypical addictions that you can go to recovery for, but there's a lot that there's not a recovery program for. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are in, in over their head with work, um, with pornography, with social media, uh, and we don't think about stuff like that, but it's so consuming that we feel like it has control of our lives. Mm-hmm. And what is something that you would say right now, and you probably say it to these guys that are here, to either get them back on track or keep them on track to what is their, their best life, their healthiest life? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tell the guys all the time, you know, no matter what you're going through, you know, it's, it, you got to find somebody that, you trust enough and enough to be open with and vulnerable with because when mm-hmm. you get vulnerable and upfront and honest with others in yourself things start to shift within your spirit and things yeah. start to break off of you you know what I mean that honesty yeah. and vulnerability does big things in your mm-hmm. in your soul you know what I mean and it's it's, it's important yeah is it does uh, vulnerability come easy for you um not really not really, but I, I, I've learned through doing it that how, how much it's helped me. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, it's made it easier as as times went on. Yeah. I, I wasn't vulnerable at all, you know, in, in my mess. Yeah. i just waller right in it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's probably a, a sexist thing to say that most men that I know like they struggle with with the whole like yeah. vulnerability, transparency, yeah. um, being it's, open and honest. It's pride, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and girls are the same way, but I feel like that it's almost projected onto guys that like yeah. if you, you know, if you just open yourself up to being a little bit vulnerable, then you're like less of a man. Yeah, and that's the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah, absolutely. So that's you like know, crying. You know, there's nothing wrong with crying. I, I had know. to learn that. Guys have tear ducts just like women. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, hello, they're there for a reason. I mean, I gosh. Cry, I cried over Christmas break. There ain't nothing wrong with it. Hopefully good tears. Yeah, some bad, some, so, yeah, some bad, some And that's good. the thing that I was just actually talking to my counselor um, 
two or three weeks ago because I literally cry in every session. But it's because it's a safe space. Like, she creates a place where I can cry. And I was trying to hold it back one time. And she said, do you know how much more energy you are using to hold hold back your tears when, you know, it's, we have emotions for a reason. And tears are one of those things that can be for all occasions. (laughs) Tears of joy, tears of sadness, grief, hurting, excitement, um, you know, I'm on a roller coaster crying because I don't know if it's from the wind or from the excitement, whatever it is. So, I mean, tears are uh, multi-purpose. And I love to see a man cry. Like, especially happy tears. I don't like to see anybody cry sad tears. But when somebody can just kind of like let their guard down to to experience and to express emotion, it's awesome. And I know that is a huge thing for... Uh, for healthy growth is to be vulnerable enough mm-hmm. to, like you said, to be open, find somebody you can you can trust that's not going to judge you or, or make fun of you or say that you're less of a man. Mm-hmm. What these people that are listening right now can't see is that you are tatted and, <laughs> like, freaking swole. <laughs> like, you are, like... The like the man's man, like just just tough. And if I ever saw you on the street, I would not want to ever get on your bad side. <laughs> but knowing you personally, like you're just the general gentle. You're so gentle. That's what everybody says. Yes, I I love it. Uh, I know you're working here on staff, but you also do some other stuff. I know that you detail cars. I detail cars. And yeah. you're incredible at it. You haven't done mine, but <laughs> I need you. I need to hire you to do mine. <laughs> But so you got some some side hustles. What are some other things that you do, maybe for for work or for extra income, or just because you enjoy it, like a hobby? Well, my dad runs a runs a farm. I grew up on a a three hundred acre chicken and cattle farm. My dad still um, actively farms. Um, he remodels houses as well. And very good at that. Very talented. Um, I go home and help him, you know, when needed. Yeah. Not not too too often, but just when needed. Yeah. Um, so you were raised to raised out on, outside working yeah, with your hands. Yeah, and that's I, awesome. I always share this in my testimony of how grateful I am to have been raised on a farm because it taught me work ethic. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. I've actually I I did some work um, on a farm, very short lived. My allergies don't do well with horses and cows and and grass and all that. But that is 100% accurate that just as far as like watching how the seasons change the agriculture and what you have to do for different animals, if it's chickens, if it's goats, whatever it is, uh, like those things don't stop. Um, You don't get a day off on the farm and we don't get a day off in life. You know, we can have a work schedule where we get days off, but that doesn't mean that we can just clock out of. Uh, our own energy, our own feelings, whatever. So that's awesome. Can you can you like pinpoint something specific that you learned on the farm that you can like apply to your life now? Um, let's see. Something. Can you repeat that question one more time? Yeah. What is something that you learned on the farm that is applicable to your life now? Um, just how. Big, big one is just the time spent with with loved ones. Mm-hmm. My my granddad, like I don't I don't have him. I don't have him now, and I look back at all those all those times that um, 
I spent with him, even though some of the times I wasn't in my right mind, like I just to cherry, I should have cherished the time mm. a little more than, than what I did. And I took it for granted because I don't have him now. Yeah. And I wish I did because it would have been so much sweeter of times now that I'm clear and sober minded, you know? Wow. Yeah. I miss him big time. I know my dad does too. And he worked with you on the farm? Mm -hmm. He started it, yep. Wow. That's awesome. Sad, but awesome. Yeah. Uh, so what has been, at least, at least in these last 26 months that no one's counting, that you've been here at Team Challenge, uh, what's been some of the highlight moments of your life of what you've seen firsthand? And it may be something that you have gotten to like participate in, like in, in, you know, in somebody else's sobriety, or just something that you've just witnessed where you're like, holy crap, this is life changing. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there are so many, it's hard to, to pinpoint some of them. There's been so many, I mean, I've seen um, uh, if if everybody were to come in and be a go with the flow student, it would be a boring dorm and boring program. But it's the it's the ones that come in that are manipulative and rebellious and all that, and then you see God get yeah. a hold of them and start to slow them down and yeah. that kind of thing. See that all the time. Mm -hmm. See it with some of the group that we have now. Um, I've seen people come in with. 10, 12, 15 felonies and get them all dropped hmm. for completion of the program and the Lord just wow. touching the DA and the judge's heart and yeah. everything getting tossed out. That's a miracle in itself right there. It who, who, just, who just drops 15 felonies? Um, Dang. <laughs> seen broken, broken marriages restored. Um, I've seen a little, a little of it all, you know? Mm-hmm. I've I've made some some lifelong friends through through Teen Challenge. Yeah. Lifelong brothers. Yeah. I I love that I mean I think I don't I don't know how many other women you have that come in here to hang out with these guys like on a regular basis. I feel like I'm probably a minority. Yeah, you're definitely a minority. They may be a handful in total. Yeah. The and and you knew Ronnie before he passed, yeah, right? Yeah, Garen was my roommate back in 2013. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So, a little backstory for our listeners on Ronnie. Uh, Ronnie is the reason that I am involved in prison ministry and Teen Challenge ministry. He had been doing it for 20 years, um, since 1999, I think. And he passed away pretty unexpectedly. I thought he was going to live forever, like legit. I mean, he had more energy than I did. He was on the roads more than I was. And something very small ended up um, putting him in the hospital, and he never made it out of that. And he, uh, I know he was, I guess when he was volunteering here, this was when, when Brandon was in the program. And Ronnie would always say, like, you know, he would ask Wayne and uh, Bob and, you know, whoever else, like, who's, who's the worst one you have in the program right now? Like give give me that one. Let me take him out to lunch. And at the time, it was it was Brandon. And uh, if Brandon's listening to this, he's gonna be you're gonna be on the podcast. <laughs> and for the rest of the listeners, he's coming. He and his wife are gonna be on the podcast. But uh, but yeah, but Ronnie, his son went through the program, mm -hmm. um, was your roommate, and 
Ronnie, there's there's so much that I see in him of what I want from my life. And, like, you guys are my brother. And I lost my brother to addiction. And it keeps me hopeful when I, when you know, every month I show up here and I'm like, this is somebody's brother. Like, this is somebody's son. This is somebody's dad. This is somebody's husband. And I'd, I don't even come here to, like, feel like I am bringing anything. I literally come potentially for selfish reasons. Like, this encourages me right. to be here. And I would assume that your job is very hard. Absolutely. I worked in an addiction recovery home, too, with with women, obviously. Um it's very difficult, but yeah, so rewarding. It, it can be emotionally straining, you know. You know, there's nothing Absolutely. strenuous like growing up on working on a farm. There's nothing right. physically tough about it. But if you're not, yeah. your heart isn't 100% in it from oh, the yeah. get-go, it'll eat you away emotionally. Yeah. And you, I mean, you may keep up with this. And in a way, I hope you don't because it's kind of morbid. But I know that you have seen guys that have come through the program and have done well. And who have left and thought that they could just conquer the world. Yep. Yeah. And they're not here. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that several times just in the few years that I've been here. Yeah. And for me, it's 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 discouraging. And I just want to, like, shake them sometimes. Right. And it, I've, I've been having to... I've had to have been reassured of this, that it's nothing that us as staff have done wrong. We've right. done all we can, but it's like our intake coordinator said a couple of years ago, and I've never forgot it. It stuck with me, and it always will. He said, regarding our Teen Challenge success rate, and he said, our success rate is strictly based on the guy's commitment to Jesus when they leave here. Yeah. And it's so true. It's so simple if you think about it, but it's so mm-hmm. true. You have to walk with the Lord day in, day out, and you have to lean on the Lord and just walk in sensitivity of the Holy Spirit every day. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where you're going to be successful. Yeah. Once you put the Lord on the back burner, that's what led me back here in 2019. Mm-hmm. I got out of my devotions. I stopped reading in the Word. I stopped praying to an extent. And I would mm-hmm. still do it here and there, but not not right. like I was. And it, it those small compromises eventually led me back here. Yeah, the, you know, you, you got here right on time <laughs> to start recording, and I said, you know, it's punctual, and you said, well, that's something that we, yeah. you know, want to implement um, in the program here, and I know that punctuality, discipline, um, just really, like, it, it's it's kind of a crucifying your flesh thing daily, where it's mm-hmm. not just about abstaining from harmful substances or harmful habits, but it's literally, it's it's getting into a new routine, a new groove. And, you know, if, if you get out of that habit, then that's where other things can creep in. Mm-hmm. So what's something that, that you're learning right now? You haven't mastered it, but what is something that God is, like, showing you, teaching you, growing you in right now? You know, um, and having to bite my tongue sometimes, and because you, you, we talked about earlier, like, you me being a big guy and a gentle giant I didn't used to be I used to be very hostile very very violent to an extent verbally sometimes mostly verbally sometimes physically but like I I still have 
if I have an altercation with one of the guys, like I have to learn to deal with it in the right way mm-hmm. and bite my tongue. And sometimes I may not want to. So that's that's something the Lord has definitely taught me a couple of times. And a, a couple of the guys have approached me after they've cooled down and this and that. And like, you know, I, I appreciate how you handled yourself. It shows your humility. You just bit your tongue. You sat there and took it. And mm. me, me inside, like, yeah, I wanted to rip it. I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. want to. But that, that fighting doesn't solve nothing. Mm-hmm. You're just going to lose a, a friend because of it or, or build up a wall because of it or hold bitterness or a grudge, and it's just not worth it in the long run. So mm. I have to learn to keep my, my anger and my temper in check at times, like when it when it tries to come to the surface. And that's very rare. Yeah. But, but. I know how how I am. I, it can it can come up, and it's it's not pretty when it when it comes out. I try to. I keep, hope I never keep, see I, it. I keep it contained. <laughs> you know? Well, you're you're a gentle giant, uh, and you know people refer to the Holy Spirit as a gentleman, and so right. like sometimes he's just like he gives you a quiet little shh right. for like biting your tongue, but sometimes he tells me shut up, <laughs> <laughs> like. Because I'm really hard-headed, and I sometimes don't know how to stop talking or whatever. So I get that. It's not always so pleasant. Um, yeah, so what is something that that is, is hard for you? Like this is, this is something that's not coming naturally that you're having to really work at and strive for right now. Um, the whole speaking in front of people, not so much like, sharing my testimony like I'm yeah. I'm perfectly comfortable with all that but like if someone one of the guys graduating wants me to to do his uh graduation sermon like things like that that hasn't happened yet but I've got a feeling sure it eventually will. it probably will yeah. like getting like like gathering a, a message and, and preaching in front of some people that mm-hmm. that would probably be one of my biggest wow you know, it's gonna I happen. Don't feel like I'm, it's I'm there be great. yet. Like I don't. I mean, I ain't gonna say that it's not part of my calling and all that. But I, I know that it's, it's gonna eventually, eventually yeah. come, and I just have to be ready for it. Oh yeah, you'll be ready. Yeah. I mean, this podcast is preparing you. Right. It's not in front of physical people, except for me, but. Um, but I'm excited to hear some feedback yeah. from people that listen to this because I know that it's going to, it's going to make an impact on whether it's it's their individual life or somebody in their in their circle where they know uh, somebody that's, is, has struggled in similar ways that you, and mm-hmm. it's going to be very hopeful for them to look at somebody that is that is doing as well as you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can always improve, but I think I think you would say like maybe that you don't even recognize yourself from who you were several years ago. Yeah. And and that is, I mean, I know that you give credit to Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And the program and the people that are working here that are, like you said, your brothers. Um, I had a guy come through the program with me back in 2013. He came back about a year ago. You remember Alberto? Mm-hmm. He, he said, Jordy, he said the difference in you is night and day. He said even down to like the the way you pray now. And it's just little things like that that give you that wow. nudge to keep, yeah, keep pressing, keep moving forward. You know that it's not going unnoticed, even though somebody might not tell you every single day. Mm-hmm. 
it's those those comments like that you know that's what yeah. reassures me and gives me that drive mm. well, that, that meant a lot you yeah because we hear it all the time like you never know who's watching right. you don't know who's listening and sometimes just how we live our life is is going to be what people remember not so much what we say to them or um, or how we act you know with somebody else but it's just like the day-to-day living that we do and I love that you are getting to basically live with the guys. Do you yeah. leave your own campus? I do. Yeah. So that's you... part of the sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a struggle in itself sometimes. Right? Jeez. That's a struggle but, in itself. Yes. I mean, you're literally, you're, you're doing life with these guys, and they're able to see somebody who um, can walk out the life that they're hoping to walk out one day. And I love it. Do you have anything else that you want to add that we haven't already said before we get into the rapid-fire questions? Um, you know, I've... I've, I've, if I had a dollar bill for every time I've, I've brought this up in the past 26, 27 months is that I just, I tell the guys, you know, being here is not, not always easy. Some days you'll, they'll be, they'll go, they'll come and they'll go fast and it'll be just an easy day. And some days they're going to be tough. I said, I tell them it doesn't have challenge in the name of it for no reason. (laughs) You know, some days are going to be tough. Some days you're going to want to call home tell them to come pick your butt up but mm. if you if you just stay the course and and stay um walking with the lord and just leaning on him for strength in those weak moments you'll always get through it so i said every day ain't going to be all sunshine and rainbows but when you when you got the lord in your corner helping fight for you you'll always come out victorious mm. you know yeah i wanted to leave a couple different times in my family he said, you're going to keep your butt right where you're at. And I was mad as fire for it, but I'm so thankful looking back that they yeah. did it, you know. I've, I've heard that from so many families that have a child or a family member that's in a program like this. Like, it's, it's that tough love yeah. that it wouldn't really be doing you any good for them to give you a, a way out. Um, and when I tell people that I'm going to Teen Challenge, they're like, is that like an obstacle course? Like, you know... <laughs> A challenge course is what uh, some of those are known by. And normally I just laugh and, like, say no, but it kind of is. Like, this is an obstacle course for life because there's going to be so many hurdles and little things that, like, that come up that, you know, you can't really plan for it until it's there. But that's why this is a a seven-month program. Seven months. Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're going through most of the seasons of of the year and – you know, there's there's all kinds of like seasonal depressions and uh, trigger months for people. So, all of those obstacles, y'all are like yeah. team teach, building together. We tried our best to just teach them to be a a kingdom man that God's created them to be through through whatever they face. You know. Yep. I love it. Thank you for saying that. All right, we've got some rapid fire questions. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready as I'm gonna be. <laughs> all right. What is your favorite meal? My favorite meal, I would have to go with uh, steak. I'm a big New York strip fan. Mm. And how do you like it cooked? Medium. Okay. I feel like any more medium, medium rare, any more than medium, you cook all the flavor out of it. I 100% agree. Uh, what is an unpopular opinion that you have? Unpopular opinion. Oh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> Some people don't want to give it because they're like, I don't want to get darts thrown at me. I don't even know where to go with that. Unpopular. One of mine would be that onions are gross. 
I, that's one thing I can't stand onions. I can't stand ranch dressing. Oh, okay. So that's yours right there. I can't. Because yeah. <laughs> we in the South, I mean, people put ranch in their sweet tea. Like, <laughs> they put ranch <laughs> I can't on everything. Stand it. <laughs> All right. Um, do you put your arms in your t shirt first or your head? I, 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 I think I put my, I always go in with my left arm. Left trying arm. to visualize it. Right. Yeah. And when you're putting your pants on, do you do left leg first or right leg? You know, I don't really know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I, the one, pants one just go the, on. The other. <laughs> just make sure the zipper's in the front. I know, as far <laughs> as shirts go, I always go like, like, cause I've had a, a left shoulder injury from my, from my baseball days and had an operation and all and it. It aches me from time to time. For some reason, I still I just go oh, in with that one first. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's probably easier to go in with, with that side yeah. rather than trying and to fit I'll that go, in the Then other. I'll go right arm, and then I'll kind of – if I already got my hair gelled, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to stretch my collar. I really wish – and I'm going to have to find a picture of you so that people can see because people don't know, like, this is a schmedium shirt. <laughs> it's a two eggs that you're still busting out it's of. Sheesh. And then your hair is gelled, but, oh, you're, you're rocking it. Um, all right, we'll do a couple more. So what is the last concert you attended? Last concert I attended, um, I believe it was um, it was Casting Crowns and Elevation Worship and Hillsong here in the Greensboro Coliseum. Yeah. It's been, it's been over a year or more ago. Yep. But we took the, we took the guys to it. It's probably been closer to a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, do you prefer to dress up or dress down? Either one. Uh, I I love dressing up. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I, I've always like tuxedo been, dressing up. Well, I mean suit. Yeah. Not, I, don't, I don't have a tux personally, but I have a, a few different suits. Like I I love that kind of thing. Okay. I've always been big into fashion. My mom's big into fashion and she always caught grief on my mom because she's pretty <laughs> so she's always been a doll baby and into fashion so I, I guess I kind of got that from her okay and what's your favorite attribute about yourself um probably my blue eyes okay probably my blue eyes that I got them from my dad and my and my granddad like if I if I put anything blue clothing wise on shirt wise it just makes them pop even more like you have them blue Same. eyes too I know I, 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 like, I love I like my, I like my blue eyes and mine aren't even a le- on the level that my dad and granddad's are mine are a little bit darker but still. okay um do you make your bed in the mornings always we teach the guys to do it I was gonna say did you do it before so, here um not really not really but my I live with my my grandparents, my dad's parents do the worst of the worst with me, and she, my granny made me pretty much like keep a, a decently clean room, yeah, like no clothes on the floor, none of that kind of thing. I That's wouldn't good. always make my bed, but I would keep it straight just because I wanted right. to respect her. You know what I mean? I love it. Uh, but I make my bed every every morning now. Good. Um, you prefer the hot or the cold weather? Hot. It's an unpopular opinion I have is that I like cold weather. I can't stand it. Oh, well. Um, All right, last one. What do you want to be remembered as? Um, I want to be remembered as someone that... um, I just want to be remembered from from where I was to where I am now, you know, and the the change that Jesus makes in people's lives. Like, I want my Mm -hmm. life to reflect that, you know. 
Yeah. I've been persecuted pretty recently about about being a Christian and and uh they told me they said when well since you know all the answers and you're this big time Christian, how about you just stay out of my life? And I, I was like, Wow. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I, I hung the phone up because I didn't want to listen to it. Like I'm not I ain't got time to listen to that wow. mess. So and I, I I've told several people since then, you know, like I am I am a Christian and I'm proud of it because I know what the Lord's done in my life mm-hmm. and and I want them to do it for this person that told me that, you know what I mean? Because I know that he can. Yep. But if they don't want it, that's their little red wagon, you know what I mean? But I want to mm-hmm. be remembered as someone that, that, that loves the Lord and walks with the Lord and my life is just a reflection of what he can do. Hmm. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you for doing this today. Absolutely. Enjoy it. Thanks for the opportunity. No problem. Thank you guys for listening to Church Talks. Church Talks. Church Talks.